Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 13 of the March to Arch podcast in this 2020-2021 Missouri Valley Conference season. On today's episode, a little holiday episode, we'll do our normal uh, recap the games. Uh, Baker and I will talk a little Valley news. We'll preview um, the first week of conference play. And then we got a couple of virtual gifts for each other that we'll share on today's podcast. But before we get into that, how are we doing today, Baker? Doing good, doing good. It's uh, it's that Christmas time of year, so uh, things are things are uh, getting real festive out here. Absolutely, um, you know where we live, we had our first snowfall. It didn't stick around very long, but at least we've seen snow. Um, Baker, are you getting ready for um, Christmas and celebrating? Yeah, yeah. So we do uh, we do the kids. Uh, the Santa Claus will come to uh, to our house tomorrow morning on Christmas Eve. He'll come to everybody's um, house, not just your house. Well, some some houses he comes on Christmas Day. Oh, okay. Oh, but, so he's coming on Christmas Eve. So he comes on Christmas Eve morning, or during Christmas Eve, or the night before Christmas Eve to the Baker household. Oh, um, nice. But, um, you know, some houses, some house he comes Christmas Eve, come Christmas Day. So um, we'll, uh, we'll be doing that family stuff. So, uh, you know, all kinds of fun. I mean, two youngsters, obviously, they're pretty jazzed, so. Is there a big gift this year for the youngsters that Santa's bringing? Um, yes. So there is a, like, it's like a police station, like a Lego police station. Oh, nice. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then he's getting, I don't know, some other stuff, but, uh, my daughter a little younger, so not, yeah. uh, not really a big, uh, big gift thing, but, uh, I know the Lego police station is something he wants. Is there any Illinois state gear in the stocking? So I can tell you grandma is going to probably is going to probably do a little bit of work on that. I'm not sure if Santa Claus will bring any, any Illinois state gear. So yeah, I mean, he can take the coat off his back and give it, I mean, it's already red and white. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. Uh, That'll be good. Um, Yeah. Getting ready for it. And um, it'll be some big plans. You got some big plans for the holidays. Is it kind of low key? I know the COVID year, it's kind of everybody's low key with everything. Pretty low key. Um, honestly, we're not doing anything. We'll probably go have dinner um, with my wife's family, um, just them, because uh, we, we celebrated last weekend. And then we'll actually see my parents on Christmas Day. Uh, we're going to head south for a little bit and uh, see them. So it'll be good. Tell you what, uh, excitement going down. You're going down south into Saluki country. It's, it's it going to be exciting for you. A lot of Woo! excitement going on down there. I mean, I'm expecting some parades or something. The, the the big win you guess guys just had i know that uh saluki fans are flying high as you can imagine very much so yeah before we uh jump into the the meat of the episode let's go over just a little bit of valley news um so this is fresh off the um off the press uh, broke a couple minutes ago um illinois state hired their uh, new athletic director replacing larry lyons who will be retiring at the end of this year um they're going with kyle brennan from uh utah um, he has worked at Utah, and uh, it, it'll, it'll be good to get a fresh face, fresh perspective into Redbird Athletics. Um, I think you got to be happy about that, Baker. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it seems like a really good hire. Um, 
hopefully, uh, hopefully things, uh, things are going in the right direction for the program. Uh, obviously the basketball program is what I care most about. So um, hopefully it's a good hire on that front and uh, good for the university. Good. And then um, kind of in unfortunate news, um, COVID has impacted conference season. And so uh, Valparaiso uh, canceled a couple of games uh, recently. Um, and it honestly just came out that, that they're going to shut things down. It will impact the first series of the conference season. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to speak for the Valley office by any means, but, you know, I know they were expecting probably some changes and having to flip things around for the Valley season, but I, I, I'm pretty sure they were probably hoping it wasn't going to be for opening weekend. Um, so, I mean, I think more details to come on how they, they flip everything around. We were, we were expecting this, I would say. But, you know, I kind of reiterating, I didn't think it'd be the first weekend. Um, so we'll see how this season goes. I think it's good timing, actually. So if this is going to happen, I think the sooner the better, just because, you know, it gives them time to kind of play with the schedules a little bit. Because, you know, if Bradley says maybe if someone else has a COVID issue and Bradley has to flip-flop games, this gives you a little bit more wiggle room of when you can kind of put that Valley or the Bradley uh, Valpo game in there. So, um, obviously terrible news. Hopefully everybody's all right, gets through this. But um, as a timing perspective, I guess, if, if it's going to happen, might as well happen now. Yeah, that's actually a really good perspective. You know, I was kind of thinking just like opening weekend, you kind of want everybody going. Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. It's more of a bum- it's more of a bummer for the fans. It's like, yeah, if you're a Bradley or a Valpo fan, you're like geared up, ready to go for the season. It's like, <laughs> God, to really like we're, we're not even playing our first game. And, I mean, especially like, and I, I know like with uh with like college football, like where you had all these games getting canceled throughout the year. I mean, it's just a bummer because like you get jazzed up, ready to go for a game, and it's like, nope. Yeah, uh, so. and I, I'll venture to say it won't be the only one um, that gets impacted this conference season. All right, so that's been Valley News. Uh, let's get in some hoops. All right, Valley fans, we're going to cover uh, games of this past week. We're, we're not going to get into depth on all of them, but just kind of highlights from uh, some of the games that stick out to us. So we will start on a Thursday, December 17th. Um, SIU started uh, their first game of a two-game series with uh, North Dakota. They got a big win there, um, a little, little double-digit win, uh, 20 points. Um, just a, a good win you had, that you had to come out and win, nothing there. We're going to get into SIU a little bit later on. Um, Valpo beat up on a – I have no idea what division uh, Purdue Northwest is in, but got a win there. And then Bradley beats uh, Jackson State 83-60. There's one thing that stuck out to me in that Bradley game, Baker, and it was disgusting. Um, a Jackson State player, um, he got fouled and he goes to the free throw line. He's – I don't even – I don't. he didn't get the ball, um, but uh, before the ball was administered to him from the official – um, let's just say he, um, he, he starts puking Baker. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And the funny thing with COVID ball is that the gyms are empty. So you can hear all the players reacting. Like, <laughs> Stuff out there. But I mean, it kind of goes to say, and, and I do not want to talk about this too long, but you know, in this COVID era, you know, someone starts puking. That's a symptom of COVID. You know, does it, does it throw a little bit of kind of doubt into the officials, the game administrators, the players, like what's going on here? Yeah, no, that's like, it's and the thing. I think that kind of goes for everything. Like not to go on a tangent, but like everything in life, like you hear a person cough, you hear anything that any symptom of anything that anybody has, any of your friends, anything you're like, 
oh wait is that COVID like instantly right. your mind goes to COVID right. and it's like unfair as hell but right. it, it just instantly goes to COVID but like that's just that was a scene the other day yeah I mean he stayed in the game you know the announcers came out and said that you know medical staff looked at him and he was totally fine <laughs> kind of one of those he maybe drank too much water at the last time out but it he was, was just nervous like, he was nervous playing against the Bradley defense that's <laughs> it was what just it was. so funny because everyone like you could hear just go oh <laughs> I have a I have a weak stomach, so I'm just gonna let this one go. All right, yeah, we'll move on. All right, so Friday, December 18th, uh, Southern uh, got the second win in their back-to-back uh, against North Dakota. Uh, that was one of those things Southern did just to get ready for conference season. Uh, they wanted to play back-to-back games. You know, as a, as a fan, they won handily uh, both games. Uh, the, the second game was a little bit closer, as I think we're gonna expect in these in these second. Uh, games of two game series when we get to conference play but SIU won handily and pretty much controlled the game so excited about that uh, moving on uh, Drake took care of business against a one in six South Dakota team a Roman Penn with 25 points that's the stat line there Roman Penn had a great game there Drake keeps rolling and then uh, you know kind of the game of the night there um, on the 18th was Richmond Loyola um, just a really opportunity there for uh, Loyola they just couldn't get done lost 73 to 75 and honestly Baker it was a slow start in that first half they got um, they, they went to the locker room with down 15 which just leaves a pit in your stomach like you're down 15 at half and you cut it to two um, I mean there just- was a 15 minute stretch so let me cut you off here there's a 15-minute stretch from about the middle of the first half and then just slightly into the second half where I think it was like a 27-9 run for Richmond. And it was like they just – like Loyola couldn't score. They had – it was just a horrible stretch of time. And then outside of that, they outplayed Richmond. Like they yeah. were the better team. Um, and that's what's so frustrating was watching Loyola. Um, they almost came back. They At the end of the game, uh, Richmond hit a couple uh, – Hit some free throws, hit a couple timely shots at the end, and, and just kind of kept it a little bit out of reach for Loyola. But, like, it was one of those games, give them another two minutes, Loyola's winning this game. Like, they were the better team on this night um, other than that stretch. And if you're a Loyola fan, watch I, – like, I tweeted out the other day. I was – it was the most frustrated I was um, probably till last night, actually, um, as a Valley fan this in this preseason was just watching a team that – like, Loyola was the better team, in my opinion. I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody else says. They're the better team. But for this 15-minute stretch, you just dug yourself too big a hole. I mean, in the second half, uh, the defense – Loyola stopped Richmond for two and a half minutes. They didn't score. I mean, it was just yeah. – the second half was just totally different than the first half. I really don't see a game that Loyola shoots the way they did. I mean, they were 9-26 no. from three. I mean, they got up a lot of threes. They just didn't fall. And then, I mean, 12 of 18 from free throws. So, I mean, they weren't great from the no. three from the free throw line and they were nope. not good from the three point line. So you just don't expect a lot of games that they'll have that stat line. What, what stinks for them is like against any, against a lot of teams, they win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're playing a good team. Like Richmond's a good team. I don't want to sit here and pretend like they're bad. They're a good team. We've yep. seen them play against Northern Iowa earlier this year. I think Loyola is better. I think Loyola, if they play a full 40 minutes is better than Richmond. Yep. So, All right. but just didn't, didn't work for them that night. I agree. Uh, moving on to Saturday, the 19th, um, Indiana State beat Ball State by 10. Um, Indiana State's one of those, like, almost secret teams because we haven't seen them a lot, especially against good uh, or decent competition. Uh, Ball State played another Valley um, team earlier in the season. Uh, they uh, beat up on uh, your Redbirds, Baker. Um, so kind uh-huh. of a comparable game here, a bellwether game for the Sycamores. 
Uh, Laravia had 27. Um, I mean, it, good good showing for the Sycamores. After the after the tough uh, Purdue and SLU games for Indiana State, they look like they've kind of uh, settled in. We'll talk about their next game as well here in a minute. But um, a, a good win for them to get their that, that first D1 win of the season against Ball State. Who's um, – I mean, I, you want to say what you will about the Redbirds, but, I mean, it's a team that beat Illinois State by, you know, 15 points. Um, it's a solid win. Yeah. Mean, it's a good, good, good win to handle. But that's always Indiana State's like MO is they start tough and then they kind of get into these games where they start they should win and they wasn't do. that what they did last year too exactly. like did yeah. they play like Dayton I think they had Dayton and Louisville right at the beginning of the season and then they kind of settled in you're right well unfortunately for them a lot of it's just like buy games um, due to their athletic budget yep um, second game for me here uh, Toledo taking care of business against Valparaiso seventy one fifty seven kind of a bummer game for me too Valpo you know I think it's a winnable game comparable opponents I mean Toledo's good um, Toledo's really good they put they uh, played uh, Bradley tough uh, they only lost to Bradley by two points but mm-hmm. but still it's just one of those I don't know I, I think we should be comparable to the MAC and maybe that's just me uh, being biased towards the Valley but. Just not a lot there from Valpo. I think I'm. I think that's a little more being biased toward the Valley because I don't think I think Valpo is proving that they're they just don't have it yet, and I don't know what it is, but it's just they, they don't have it rolling yet. And um, Toledo's a good team. You don't play well in the second half, you're going to lose. So that's that's how it works. Yep. Moving on, Missouri State beat up on a really bad Northwestern State, 94-67. Uh, Gage Prim had 26 points. Uh, that's a career high for him, which was uh, pretty cool, but not a lot there. Moving on to Bradley versus Miami of Ohio. A one-point win for Bradley, 69-68. Uh, um, so in this one, uh, this is another one of those games, and it's going to start tying into what we're going to talk about in the – a game that happened last night is that it was just very close game. I mean, Miami had a chance to win it um, at the end. They miss a three-pointer uh, with uh, the last few seconds. They got an offensive rebound, got up another three-pointer, and they missed it. So, you know, they were at risk of being down um, for the, or going on a losing streak right now. Yeah. they. Um, I will say – the only thing I'm going to say about this game is they survived. Um, yeah this was not their best and they were, yeah, I'm going to say they were fortunate to win this game. Yeah. That, that's my takeaway here. Yeah. Is... They were fortunate because they didn't play well, um, but they're a better team. So they, they got the win at home. All right. Sunday, the 20th Drake just beat the dog mess out of Chicago state. Chicago state has um, run around the Valley uh, this non-conference season. So just to recap, uh, Loyola, Illinois state, and now Drake has just knocked the socks off of Chicago state. So um, they got their bus trips in and they took their L back to um, whatever area of Chicago, Chicago state is located in. Drake just keeps it going though. Absolutely. That's when you keep seeing wins and that that's all that matters. Monday the 21st, um, good showing by Evansville. Um, they lost by nine to Belmont, 72 to 63. Um, and OVC, they, uh, Belmont's eight and one. Um, so, okay. pretty good game. So, I watched quite a bit of this game. Um, I was incredibly impressed with Evansville in this game. I think Belmont's good. Um, and Evansville, feel, it feels different. Like, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to finish in the top of the valley. I think they're probably still finishing 10. 
Uh, that being said, they're going to be competitive. They're not going winless unless unless the season ends after unless for some reason COVID makes a five game season or something. Like they're not going winless. This is they they played hard. Like they hit the half court shot at uh, at halftime. Um, it was it was one of those games that you were encouraged. I what what really stinks is they started the game. I think it was like a fourteen to two run mm. to start the game, and then Belmont like erased that in like three minutes. Yeah. So Belmont's a good team. Um, there's no, there's nothing bad to say about this. Evansville feels. I don't know about you, but they, it doesn't feel like they're just the 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 dog you keep the, that keeps getting kicked. The thing like, for this me, feels like they're they're kind of putting a fight up. Absolutely, and they're getting some bench scoring, uh, which is something they really didn't have last year. It was whoever was on the court at the beginning of the game uh, was the production. So I mean, Samari Curtis come came off the bench and had 19 for Evansville. I mean, so you yeah. you like to see that from. Um, from this team and and I'm with you they're not going over in the valley season no way um all right uh game of the week for me personally and I think for the valley uh southern Illinois goes to Hinkle Fieldhouse and gets a 76 to 73 win um man was this a fun game uh man was my blood pressure up and down and um my heart was in my stomach whenever Marcus Damask traveled with like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> three seconds to go um I you thought know, he when, when that happened I was just like oh my god Vance is probably killing himself right now he's probably <laughs> freaking out so I think this is going to be totally <laughs> just a homer thing and it's me looking to pick a fight on this but okay. I don't know who writes like the AP wires and I know they're just looking at a box score but like when the headline in the AP wires is Southern Illinois narrowly beats uh Butler 76 73 like yes that's true but I mean honestly Southern dominated this game and it really they just kind of let uh butler back in um and so i feel really good because we pretty much um i felt like controlled the game Uh, marcus damask had 26 uh trent brown had just one of the best back-to-back three point trips um down the court that i've ever seen he had 21 points lance jones really stepped up um had 11 points and we've won six in a row. Um, oh, sorry. Last thing to add is this was also a game that Ben Harvey didn't really do a lot. And so he's been, you know, kind of an offensive juggernaut for the Salukis early in the season. So it's just good to see, you know, a full team win. Everyone's contributing in the right ways. And this Saluki team is fun to watch. This is an awesome game for them. Um, it felt like they wanted it more. It felt like they came to play. Like you could see from Jump Street, they came in and it was like, this was a different Saluki team. Like they were, it felt like a team who came in, this was a business trip. They came to win this game and they were going to move on. Um, I didn't love the fact that Butler came back to, toward the end where it kind of felt like, and I don't know, you'd know better than me because you watch more SIU games, but it felt like they kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit and, and Butler kind of creeped back in and it made it a little bit too close. Like it, like I was never in doubt that they were going to win this game, but like at the end when they had, when, when Marcus Domas slipped and it was just like, no way they're going to blow this. No way. Because they – like, this game hasn't been in doubt until, like, this moment. Right. It was the first moment. So, um, no, huge win. Uh, Marcus Domask, I, I'm going to take this this perspective. He He's in the he's in the short list for player of the year. Like, going into the Valley regular season, like, he is putting together kind of a stretch here where, man, get on notice. This um, There will not be a sophomore slump with this guy. He is – he's came to – he's come to play this year. He's been awesome. Um, it would – I was – I was even when he slipped at the end of the game, I was like, God, I really hope that they don't blow this game because he's played so well. Like, for him – for that to happen, if they tied this set to overtime, it would have just been sick for him. 
Um, this Saluki team's for real. Like I'm as a non Saluki fan, I don't want to play them. They're they're definitely like the people who are worried that they might be playing Thursday. I think you might as well just get rid of that. They're not playing Thursday. Um, you know, I, I do want to say just from a Butler perspective, uh, one of their key players, Aaron Thompson, did not play in this game. So I'm not going to put on my rose colored glasses like too much. But I mean, still, it's a huge win for SIU. Um, you know, great. Huge win for the Valley. I'm sorry. Oh. Before, before it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's enormous for SIU, obviously. But for the Valley, and as many of these games we haven't won, it was nice to finally get one. Yes. We beat a, a Big East team, Baker. I mean, I mean, that's we beat a, a top 70 RP or Ken Palm team. Yeah. So huge win. Uh, great win for the Valley. Yep. Um, moving on, uh, Missouri State uh, beat uh, Little Rock 85-77. Um, Good win. I mean, they're spreading the ball out too. It's not just the Prim Show. Mosley and Javante Black each scored 26 points each. I mean, I really, I really like mostly. I think he's a really good player and he's going to a lot of Valley Valley fans who don't see a lot of Missouri state are going to really get to know him. Um, we talk about prim all the time. He didn't have his best Missouri state. They have them. Um, another one of those Valley unbeaten teams. Yep. We got three of them. All right. And moving on to uh, Tuesday, the 22nd, which is last night at the time of this recording. Um, let's just go with the Bradley, Missouri game. Uh, Bradley lost in essentially the last seconds, uh, 54-53. They were down two going into halftime. Um, Really had a good second half. And just, I mean, you're going to look back, and I'm sure every Bradley player is going to shoot 300 free throws today. Yeah. um, Sick to to my stomach about this game. Um, Yep. So, I hate doing this. And you know I hate doing this. But, like – at the end of that game, and I hate I, – I know you're going to chirp me for this because you're a referee, but – Oh, here we go. No, and I – Vance, I have gone like – I have never been the referee guy. Never been the blame the refs because like you – and and it holds true here. Bradley, you had every opportunity to win this game. Yeah. Um, but in the last four minutes of the game, Bradley would not get the benefit of the doubt on a call, and Missouri got literally every single call. Any borderline call, they were calling on him. And but you know what? That it's, at the end of the day, you're going on the road to an SEC school. You got to play through that. And I thought that Bradley took way too long on the, at the in the last four minutes. They took way too long getting a good shot out of their mm-hmm. possessions, and it just it felt like they were moving the ball around. They wanted to just see that clock tick down as fast as they could, and it didn't feel. I felt like once they had an eight point lead going into the last four minutes, it felt like they I don't know if took the foot off the gas, but they were just kind of holding on. Yeah, and at the and and Missouri's a good team. Like they're 14th in the country. Um, this is a game you should have won. Missouri didn't play particularly well either, um, and they gave you all the opportunity to win this game. But uh, you know, just disappointing loss. Um, Bradley's gonna be fine, but it's a game you wish you had. had. I mean, the stats that you know stick out. I mean, Bradley was terrible from three, two of 18. Right. And they were terrible from the free throw line, five of 10. I mean, you're going to look at that stat line and just say, we're going to need that back because we need one of those to fall, and this is a different outcome. Um, so I think that's just – I was just kind of sick last night, um, you know, kind of watching – I mean, look – but you know what? Look at Missouri. They were 3 of 21 from 3. Yeah. 3 of 21 from 3 as well. So, it was, I mean, like, the the thing was, neither team played to all, particularly that good. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that I take away from this is that Bradley 
showed that they can play with a with a top end team on the they can they can hang with these teams. Um, just disappointing that they're two that they've lost their two opportunities was Missouri and Xavier. Yeah, so I'm gonna go back to the referee thing just real quick because I did oh boy <laughs> take the time to look it up and and I don't disagree with you just on the um the body of calls that went Missouri's way and maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at it as a Valley fan sorry to cut you off but maybe I'm looking at it as a as a Valley homer but like no. it just I don't know it just felt like if it was Ticky Tack if it was Ticky Tack against Bradley it's getting called and if it was against Missouri like there were reaches they weren't calling it was like. Come on. No, I'm with you. The one that just is getting a lot of plays the over and back. And I think you t- even texted me that one. And I, I asked back, you. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked back, I went back at it and I g- just couldn't get a right angle, but just for listeners out there that are interested, it's kind of like, it's essentially a three point rule, both feet and the ball have to be in the front court to establish. So um, it wasn't. So in my opinion of the views that I saw, and I saw a couple screenshots just out on various uh, tweets or message boards, uh, it didn't look like the ball um kind of made its way to I don't I don't think it was clear that both feet did either yeah and yeah and and, uh the feet so that it's just more of like just I looked it up and just to make sure that my understanding was um and uh just just one that out there in the open uh but I'm with you um you know the body of the calls definitely went to Missouri um but if you're Bradley you got you got to fight through that and um I still love this Bradley team I mean you played the 14 rig team at home and you Rightfully should have won that game and um, did, or sorry, not you should have won the game. You could have won that game. You were, it was in arms reach. You're going to want that back at the end of the year. But um, I think most importantly, and we're going to get into this is I'm bummed they're there. You know, they want to get back on the court at ASAP and it's unfortunate that Valpo's going down. Um, for I wonder if they try to schedule anybody. That's a great point. And because isn't the issue, isn't it the issue on the Valpo end with COVID? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. If I'm, if I'm Brian Wardle, um, and I've got a week and a half toward till my next game. I'm calling everyone. And that's interesting. I just don't know how it works. Can you play a non-conference game once the conference season has started? Like I know. So that was another. Here, I mean, this is a good enough time to talk about it because this was something I was going to bring up later. But um, you can you can play mid-season games. You could schedule a conference game. That's what I wonder if Valley teams are going to do and other conference teams will do. If in the middle of your regular season, if you say, hey, you know, we can't play you know we've got a COVID situation on the other end and you know say like I'm just, I'll just put a butler out there say butler has is going to play DePaul and they have a COVID situation with DePaul maybe you call up them and say hey we'll come to Hinkle and we'll play you this week yeah or you have other mid-majors trying to trying to find each other and, and play each other so I think it'll be interesting to see what Bradley does if I'm Brian Wardle and unless there's a reason I cannot do it I am doing everything I can to find a game Maybe that's a question for the Valley because, like, I was taking the perspective of the Valley might not let them because, hey, we need to we need to have all these open dates just to mess around with our schedule, and so right. do not take a right. date within. But this, but at this point in the season, start. you can't. It doesn't matter. Well, no, I'm saying the Valley can dictate. That's what I'm asking. Is there a Valley rule out there that says once the conference season starts, it's for us to schedule unless we haven't agreed upon uh, Mountain West uh, Valley thing or, or bracket busters type type agreement in place that's it's a question I have no idea on and no it's, and it's a fair question I guess my point was is just that you're you're 100% right during the season I, I think you there that is a question for the valley but my my perspective is from this point until your second game you can't play anyone else in your league there's no yeah. other option for Brad right like, no I'm and it you. wouldn't be it wouldn't be affecting any other rescheduling so like right now there's no reason why they shouldn't let him play 
Yeah. So to recap, we're both later right in the season. You're in right. that, yeah, okay. if I'm Bradley, I should uh, <laughs> want to find a game in the coming weeks while you're down. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. All right. Moving on. So uh, Loyola beat up on St. Francis, whatever suburb that's in. Um, and then Indiana State played another team um, that's, uh, that's played some other Valley teams in Southeast Missouri State or SEMO. They won 72-66. I think it just kind of shows more about SEMO. SEMO's a scrappy team and sticks around. Um, but another great win for um, Indiana State just to keep the ball rolling. Um, I mean, both SIU went to overtime with them. Evansville went to overtime with them. And Indiana State uh, beat them outright. So, um, you know, good things for Indiana State just to keep it rolling into conference play. No doubt. And then Drake uh, beat up on North Dakota by 33. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, pretty balanced attack from uh, the Drake Bulldogs. And are people sleeping on Drake? I'll tell you who's not sleeping on Drake is Dick Vitale. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> In the middle of his broadcast saying, why aren't we talking about Drake? And, and he even tweeted it out this morning. So uh, any Valley fans out there that uh, thinks Dick Vitale hates the Valley, I mean, obviously he doesn't hate him that bad because yeah. he wouldn't go out of his way to give, uh, give Drake a little bit of love. But Drake, I mean, just keeps it rolling. I mean, what, we say, what can we say about them that's – I mean, they win. They keep winning. They're winning by big margins. So, um, yeah, they haven't really played a ton of good teams yet. But, I mean, they're taking care of their business. They're looking sharp. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they do in Valley play. All right. So, that's been the last week of action in Valley Hoops. All right, Valley fans. We are essentially done with a non-conference. And so we wanted to reshuffle the deck, right? And so we had our preseason rankings. Now we have quite a few games to judge uh, the teams based on uh, their performance. (laughs) Some teams had a lot more games. Some teams had less games. So Baker took a crack at it, and he reshuffled the deck. And he's going to tell us where he thinks the Valley teams stand as of non-conference play concluding. All right. So one and two I don't think are going to come as any surprise. Um, so this is so just to let you know, Vance, you don't even know about these, so you can chirp me, and Vance is going to also chirp me when he listens to what I say here. But number one and two for me is is easy. I think it's Loyola one and Bradley number two. Um, I think those will be your top two teams going through the Valley um, regular season. Um, my three and four teams are it's really tough for me this time because I I'm between two teams and I think both of them are going to have a lot to say about the Valley regular season. I think more than we thought going in and I put Drake at three and I put Southern at four. Um, And I think if you ask me this tomorrow, I might have a different opinion. I'm super close on these two teams. They both have looked impressive, both unbeaten. Um, Both have been just really I think that they've separated themselves as kind of that top four mix from the next six I really do because um my number my number five my number five six and seven teams are really tough to judge as well um so at number five I have Indiana State and I'm one of the few that doesn't love Indiana State but the last couple games they've come through they've kind of started like to kind of get things rolling um and and my number six team is Northern Iowa and this is only because I haven't seen enough Missouri State. Um, I haven't really seen what Northern Iowa, much of Northern Iowa yet without A.J. Green, but I have them at six, and I have Missouri State at seven. Um, I think that with those three teams, Indiana State, Missouri State, Northern Iowa, I think you can juggle them between five through seven any way you want. 
Um, it's, it's, it's really tough. But um, number eight, um, this may be the homer play, but I'm going to go with Illinois State over Valpo just because Illinois State has looked a little better than Valpo. Valpo has been a little bit disappointing this year. Um, I don't – I think they're very comparable teams, but I would just give the nod to Illinois State because Valpo is just – at times, they, the Central Michigan game and the Toledo game kind of soured me a little bit on Valpo. So I have Illinois State 8, Valpo 9, and then Evansville at 10. Don't hate it, honestly, Baker. My initial reaction is, yeah, that's pretty spot on. Um, I have a couple clarifying questions. Sure. So Loyola Bradley, is that a 1A, 1B situation, or is that truly a 1-2 situation? 1A, 1B. Okay. Fair. Um... And I think the Southern Illinois Drake is a 3A, 3B. Okay. So, yeah. I think those – I think – like, I think the top the top two and then three and four, like, I think they're razor close. I think there's kind of – there are two tiers. I think there's the Bradley – the Bradley Loyola tier, tier one. I think the Southern Illinois Drake tier, tier two. And I actually think that tier two is closer to tier one than it is to tier three. Ooh, that's where I think I would disagree with you. Um, okay. I think Indiana State and Missouri State are better than we think, and their just sample sizes are lower um, okay. because of you know Missouri State just hasn't really gotten it going. But picking them seventh is not fair. I, I, I like totally right when I. You. But the thing is, is like I can't like go out on them and say like they're. I look at Missouri State. I'm like, there's no way there's a Thursday team. They're a Thursday team. But then I'm like, <laughs> well, it's Northern Iowa or Indiana State or Drake or SIU, and I'm like, well, no. And so it's so it's I, I get I get where you're coming from. Actually, I threw when they had to have your hot takes for the Missouri Valley, my hot take, which actually is looking like not totally out of their own possibility. I said all three Indiana teams will be playing on Thursday, which is Evansville, Valpo and Indiana State, which is what? I think Indiana State's way, way better. This is going to be a you think you so you don't think you don't think Indiana State, there's even the remote possibility they finish behind Northern Iowa or Missouri State. No, it's the Valley. Anything can happen. But I know, but I'm take. saying, like, they're not here's totally out of the woods on Thursday. I think Northern Iowa is closer to Thursday than Indiana State is closer to Thursday. I agree. I totally agree with you on that. Okay. I, right. I think Northern, Northern Iowa has not looked impressive, even with A.J. Green. Yeah. And so it's like you take away their best player. Are they all of a sudden going to look – they're going to be a better team? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I, think, I don't think that they're – it is really hard to make a case that Northern Iowa is as good as the top four. Yeah. I don't even think there's a case to be made out there. And if Missouri State's as good as I think they're going to be, they could be better. I mean, I, th I think Northern Iowa is in real danger of being on Thursday. I really do. And when I said that at first, a lot of people talk, like heard that and were just like, really, really? And it's like, like they haven't been good. That's – so, Austin, I, I, I'm really hoping I see in a different Austin Fife. I, I think no, that I is the biggest key for Northern Iowa. If he plays better than he has – as kind of takes that leadership role with Burhau out there and, and the youngsters, there are good youngsters on this team, but, if, but the Valley's better. Like the so, Valley is better this year. You can't get away with it this year. So I'm going to press on, so we've been talking about the lower part of the Valley. I'm going to press on okay. one and two. So Bradley is the one I want to kind of pick on here. Okay. Um, they're struggling to close out games. Is that indicative sure. of something? If it wasn't, if, if they, if they had, if they didn't have trouble closing out games, they would be my number one. I, if like, that's how close I think Loyola and Bradley are. Um, I think Loyola is really, really good, but I think Bradley is really, really good too. It's, it is really, really tough. God, I keep saying really, but it's so tough 
to pick between those two teams. I mean, you, I'm assuming you're with me on Loyola over slightly over Bradley. Yeah. I mean, I've got nothing else to base it off of. Um, I think Drake and SIU are knocking on the door too. Um, I do too. I do too. And that was, that was my, I was kind of a little curious when you said that when I said they were closer to the top than the bottom portion, I was curious why you had a little bit of pushback because I think that Southern Illinois and Drake have played so well. They've taken care of business. They've, they have not, they've haven't lost, neither team's lost a game. Yep. I th- it's going to be really hard to, to like those two top teams, they can easily beat both of those teams. Like yeah. this is not a, I, I have, if you, if you want to make the case that Drake or Southern's in the top two, I would listen. At yeah, this absolutely. Point. I, I think so too. Um, you know, I, I try to stay away as much as from being the homer as, as mm-hmm. well, but. And I felt like I was kind of a homer putting Illinois state at eight over Valpo. Which I think the, the biggest thing here between Drake and SIU, why we could even be flip-flopping them with Loyola and Bradley, Drake and SIU are winning the games they're supposed to be winning. And well, they're like, and if you're a betting person, they're covering spreads like crazy. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm not saying that's, that says anything about conference play, but it like Loyola and Bradley have lost games they should have won. And, and it's not these ranked games. It's bottom-tier games that they have not won. I still think they're going to, I think, I still think Bradley and Loyal are going to be just fine. Um, but to your point, I think you can definitely make that case that um, you have two teams at the top that are just not losing games. Missouri state's the one that's hard for me yeah, and I because think I love Gage Prim. I love Mosley. I love this team. I think that with the pressure off them this year, they're going to be so much better, but yeah. we haven't seen enough. And how is that going to affect a team starting a month late? Agreed. And sorry, I need to walk back. I said bottom tier games that they lost. I'm just saying some toss up. I get games, what you, I, I knew toss up games that good teams win those games. And right. so that's that's where my head's at. But I no, knew what I you that, meant. But you're you're you know what? If you didn't mention that, that somebody would probably said something to you. So. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think this is good. Just kind of reshuffle the deck. See where we're at. Just um, from Baker. Just recap. Loyola one. Bradley one. B. Drake. S. I. U. Indiana State. Northern Iowa. Missouri State, Illinois State, Valpo, and Evansville. All right, Valley fans, we're getting ready for the first week of Valley play. And uh, obviously we talked about earlier, Bradley and Valparaiso have a COVID issue, so they will not be able to kick off the season with the rest of the league. But eight teams will be in action for the first weekend. Um, we have a as, – as you guys know, that's going to be back-to-back with uh, every team. So if you're a Valley team, you'll be playing eight teams back-to-back, and then you will have the one travel partner to play during the week where you will play a home-and-home home with them. Um, so right now it's going to be the first weekend starting on December the 27th. We will have our first uh, set of back-to-back games, uh, four, four games, eight teams in action. Um, and, Vance, let's just uh, break down some of these games. The first one on the list here is uh, Drake and Indiana State playing two games – at the ever-so-difficult Holman Center. Uh, your thoughts about Drake going on the road to Indiana State? I think this is the most interesting first weekend uh, matchup here. Drake is rolling. Um, Indiana State's usually really good at, at home, and I think they're a really good basketball team. So, um, you know, we, we didn't say it on air, but we kind of said it off air, is Drake has – they've been beating the brakes off of teams, but I wouldn't say they had the most quality of opponents – and so I'm very interested in this one to see if how for real Drake is outside of just drubbing teams. They, they should beat by 10, but they happen to be beating them by 30. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think if you're Drake, you just go into this, you're playing a quality team in the league. Um, just avoid the sweep. Get the, at, least, at least get out of there with a split. Indiana State's good, like you said, and tough at home. 
Now, if Drake goes out, if Drake goes there and uh, comes back to Des Moines two and zero, I think we're going to reshuffle the deck again. Yes, we will. I totally agree. Um, your Salukis will be playing against the Evansville Purple Aces in Carbondale. Uh, I think this is a game where, if if you're as good as Southern Illinois is, I think this is a two game series that at home you need to sweep it. Absolutely, and I, I think they get it done. Um, I don't think Evansville gets their first conference win. Um, in I'd be shocked if one of those games isn't at least close because Evansville has looked better. Yeah. But I, I expect Southern Illinois to take both of those as well. Um, and by the way, you predict, a, you predict a split with Drake and Indiana State as well? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Just want to get that on the record. Um, now the, uh, the marquee matchup, at least in my household, uh, my Redbirds will head up to Chicago, uh, play against Loyola. This will be a really difficult time for Illinois State. Um, I'm happy that they're playing Loyola now rather than at the end of the season once they've um, been playing longer because they've only played six games so far, as is Illinois State. Um, I will be shocked if Illinois State takes either of these games. But uh, in-state, you never know. I think Illinois State will at least uh, be competitive, at least in one game, if not both. Yeah, you're going home 0-2. Okay. Um, thanks Thanks for the analysis, fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think another another – Kind of interesting matchup. Uh, a couple teams that we don't know a ton about in respect to one team lost their best player and we haven't really seen them. And the other team, we haven't seen them play very many games. Missouri State going to Cedar Falls to play against Northern Iowa. Uh, this is going to be kind of a litmus test type game for both teams. Let's find out what we have here. Um, I expect a split because I just have a hard time seeing either of these teams going 0-2 in this spot. But if if either team goes two and zero, I think the I think that the overreaction will begin for both teams. Um, I I I would disagree with that. Is that if Northern Iowa goes zero and two at home, the overreaction will begin, and Thursday is in play because I think you know based on our reshuffle, the split line there was Missouri State, Northern Iowa, yep. Indiana State. I mean, really anyone at this point. But I think that it, it only goes one way on the overreaction, in my opinion, is um, if Northern Iowa loses both. Missouri State can recover because still they've only, they haven't played as many games as other teams. Um, and neither is Northern Iowa. But um, I, I, this is going to be the, the overreaction game for Northern Iowa um, haters and fans um, if they go 0-2. So I, I'm going to take the other side of this. I think that if Missouri State goes into Cedar Falls and wins both games, I think that we will look at Missouri State a lot differently. Yes, I think absolutely. that this will prove to us that they may be better than we think. And I think they're going to start being in that conversation, you know, inching ever so closely to that Southern Drake conversation. So um, it'll, it'll be a – that's a fascinating matchup. And it'll be fascinating to see some of these games, you know, how – how many sweeps do we see? How many splits do we see? Is, you know, how will teams shuffle their lineups? How, how important is depth? Like we talk about Drake, who they got guards for days. They're having all that depth in that second game. Um, uh, another, another statistical thing that I've been curious how this is going to start going is, will there be teams better on the, back, on the second leg of the back-to-back? Will there be yeah. a team that's just absolutely rock solid on that second game but just doesn't play as well in the first? I think that there's a lot of just it's going to be fun it's it's going to be so different but I'm at least at least I'm glad that I'm very thankful that you and I are talking about valley regular season games 
getting yeah. ready to be played. I think the, along that line is that just mentally, I can't like get there in how my head is going to process two games back to back and realizing, oh, wait, Northern Iowa doesn't have a chance to play Missouri State later on. Um, you know, so it's just like mentally, I'm still not there until that first weekend's over. I'm like, oh, crap, these were awesome games and we never get to see them play each other again. Totally agree with you. I think that's going to be, and that's, that's so, that's so interesting because you see a team like Indiana State and Drake, who we both think are solid teams in the league. Yep. You say they play each other in St. Louis and it's like, okay, we haven't seen you since December 27th. Exactly. That's, that's, that's such a good point you just made. Um, another piece that I, I do want to mention, I'm really happy the Valley did this and I don't know if this was based on the TV, but whatever, I'm, I'm selfishly, I like it. Um, that they didn't just make every game afternoon throughout yeah. the season. Like there's a lot of those primetime games, like um, Monday night, that uh, second leg of the Loyola Illinois state game is CBS sports network at six o'clock. Um, they got Northern Iowa, Missouri state are going to play primetime games. So it's good for the Valley fans that at least some of these games are at night. Cause the, my, one of my worries was that they were going to play maybe like a couple afternoon games and get out of town. Yeah. So it's, it, that's at least something that I'm kind of like, I was a little worried about. I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but that's how I was thinking. The good and bad, and I was talking to a coworker about this, um, who's also a Valley fan, is that it's kind of a bummer because from a, a viewing perspective, because now my weekends are blocked. Like, I mean, I know what I'm doing pretty much all day, Saturday or Sunday, Monday in this case. So it's like, you don't the midweek doesn't really matter as much because you're going to have like one game because it's your travel partner game. And so, um, and we won't even have that this week because of um, – uh, Bradley and Valpo being down so it's just like mentally I'm just I'm going back to I, I haven't wrapped my head around what this conference season is going to look like yeah it's going to be it's going to be different but I think it's I think I can speak for everybody that's just happy to be able to see the Valley teams matched up against each other see a schedule see it how it plays out I think and I don't want to I don't want to come off as too much of a Valley homer here but I'm gonna um, I think that being very proactive as yep. they were to do the double matchups, yep. I think it's more cost effective, and I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good for them down the road. They're getting started here in December, um, and it, and they have a lot of dates in between. Like, yeah, you could easily, you could e- the Valley set it up so well that you could push a game back a couple days. Like, if you have a series like Missouri State and Valpo have a series, you know, mid January, you could push that back a couple days and say, Hey, we're going to try to get Valpo's Bradley games in right before this. So they're going to end up playing five, four games in six days, but we're going to shuffle. We're going to kind of push this series back. Well, And, and I think more, they open themselves up to, to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, one kudos to the Valley for making that decision so early. Cause I think it solidifies a conference season for the Valley. Mm-hmm. And then two, I mean, the middle of the weeks are kind of wide open now to reschedule some games, whether it be one offs or two offs, depending on like, how bad it gets later on in the season. So totally agree. I'm pumped. Um, there's there's one other thing I wanted to mention about this before we, before we cut it off. Um, and I'd love to get your thoughts. How important is winning this regular season? Because say we get to Arch Madness and we don't have an Arch Madness, the auto bids coming out of this, out of the regular season. Yeah. I and I don't think that's, I think that's something people aren't thinking about. I, that's a great point that I probably haven't even considered. Um, I mean, obviously it matters. Uh, you get a ring for winning the conference and or a ring for winning Arch Madness and making the tournament. It's just more of how much do you value the tournament, whether it's going to happen or not. You know, I think 
we can safely say there's going to be an, an NCAA tournament of some sort. Uh, now the number of teams, I don't know, but. There's no the, doubt there will be an NCAA tournament. Too much money. I would venture to say there's more on winning the conference season this year than Without prior. You, you, don't, you disagree with that? No, no, I totally agree. I think oh, no it doubt. Is. Okay. I think um, because, because say you're, because say you're Loyola, you win the regular season and, you know, and, but then you've got a lot of teams that are banking on Arch Madness. Arch Madness doesn't happen. The, who's the Valley's auto bit? They're going to take the regular season champion. Absolutely. So yep. um, it kind of gives you that. Now, now if Arch Madness happens and everything is, and we're in a different place in March, um, this is a moot point, but as of now, not yep. having questions around Arch Madness, every game is just so critical. Absolutely. Um, I'm with you. So, yeah, I think it's more important this year just to kind of reiterate that one. Sure. Hey, it starts, though. Missouri Valley Conference season starts next week. This weekend. It is the holiday season, Valley fans. And, you know, we got a couple of virtual gifts to give away to each other. Um, so, Baker, I've got just two for you. Um, I've got one nice one and one naughty one, um, unfortunately, if, if Santa was putting this on the, the categories. Um, so, do you want your nice or naughty list gift? God, I didn't get you anything mean. I got nice things. <laughs> go ahead. I, I'm, I might as well get the salt first. Let's go. All right. So, um, it's actually kind of nice of a gift that I'm giving you, but it's because of bad situation. Um <laughs> My gift to you, and it's more of like a Christmas wish, maybe that's, that's more a way to think about it, is that Illinois State doesn't play on Thursday. I think that would just be a really great gift for you. Um, it would put you in a good mood. And uh, that's, what, that's what I hope that, you know, you could open up on Christmas morning. Be great. Be great. Six seed going into Arch Madness would be fun. Do you want to do your other gift first, or you want me to go sure, through Sure, I'll give you my other one. Um, All right, let's do it. Just a nice one. I think this goes along with every uh, Valley fan out there, at least can, can say this one way or the other. Um, I really hope, Baker, that you and your dad get to go to an Illinois State game together um, in this conference season, because that's the only games we have left. I hope you guys get to go to Redbird Arena. Um, with your son and just continue that tradition. Uh, that's something that that's a gift I would love to give you uh, this holiday season. Man, you took the sentimental gift away from me. God, that was one of mine. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted you and your dad, shout out to your, to Vance's dad out there listening. Um, I want you guys to be able to make it to a game, but I'm going to, I'm going to get into my gifts a little That That is, that actually was one of my gifts. Um, I have more, I have more gifts and a couple of them are ones you're going to laugh at. Cause you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe you said this. Um, so the first one is a gift and it's a gift, a Southern Illinois gift from my wife to you. And it is to, it is improved lighting for SIU arena because when it comes across on the TV, um, my wife always complains. She's like, Oh my God, I can't even watch, look at the TV because it's so bright. So we're going to fix the lighting at SIU arena. Um, the next one I want to get you is I want to get you, um, I want to roll back the clock and get you your uniforms that you had a couple of years ago, because I'm not a big fan of your current, uh, so Illinois screen print uniforms. I think, oh, I think, I think they just look terrible. So we're going to, we're going to, give you a little gift there. Um, the next gift, because Southern Illinois has it rolling and confidence is high, I want to give you a ranked opponent on Christmas Day. I want to find yeah. a ranked team in the country to play SIU on Christmas Day because I think that SIU is doing really well. I think that now's the time. Let's, 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 let's play someone bigger. Let's try to get another win. 
Um, and then the other one is kind of a gift that I could have said, to, I was gonna say two bids with this one, but this is my more of a general Valley gift. Everybody wants more than one bid for the Valley, but I wanna bring back the Bracket Buster games. This was yeah. my gift to you because we talked about and you said how much you missed it, how much you missed the, the idea of shuffling the deck in the middle of the season. Everybody plays a different opponent. And I want to give back the Bracket Buster games. And I think that's a good reminder, too, because like with the, the Butler SIU game, the last time we played Butler was from Bracket, bracket Busters. So we went to Hinkle and won uh, back mm -hmm. in Bracket Busters. And then they came to SIU Arena the next year because you had to you know, do home and away. And they beat us on a, on a half-court shot by A.J. Graves. And so, um, I mean, this is so much fun, and it's good for scheduling the next year. Like, that, just Bracket Busters yep. is awesome uh, along the way. So, I, wish we could, I wish we could bring it back just because it was – and I never – I think it was like an ESPN thing, but, like, why can't we just do it anyway? Like, it, it was a, such a good idea to have a quality opponent in the middle of the season. There's, there's usually about 10 to 12 teams in the mid-major realm that are looking at an at-large bid. Yeah, 10 to 12. And so then this 10 to 12 get an opportunity. Six of them are going to get a quality win. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it comes down to money. Um, and I would say the power fives are probably more in the pocket of ESPN than anything else. And yeah, I'm sure they didn't love it. And they, yeah, exactly. Um, so um, yeah, that, that's my thought around that. There you go. Um, so last gift, this is a gift from both me and Baker to Valley fans. And once again, these are start turning into wishes. But um, if we can give any gift to the Valley fans out there, it is for a physical arch madness in the 2021. Um, that would be the best gift to all Valley fans. Um, if you could, if I knew that was underneath the tree on Christmas morning. Yeah, I think everybody's, I think everybody's cautiously optimistic about an arch madness, but um, until it happens, you're, I think you and I both are just, it's, you're a little worry there, you know? Yep, absolutely. But, hey, for all the Valley fans out there, um, thank you for hanging on for another season, or I guess first half of the 2020-2021 season. Um, it's been a great non-conference. Um, it's been highs and lows for the Valley season, but um, I hope everyone has a happy holidays. Whatever holiday you uh, choose to celebrate, have a good one. Enjoy time with family, whether it be in person or virtual, and continue to watch some Valley hoops. This has been episode 13 of the March Arch podcast, where we recap the last uh, few non-conference games, and then we preview the first back-to-back -back weekend of Missouri Valley Conference play. Um, also gave a couple of uh, Christmas gifts out virtually as well. So as we get into conference season, Baker, where can people find us? You guys can find us uh, MarchTheArchPodcast.com where we will have some articles up, some different fun stuff. I know uh, I know, there's another article going up there very shortly, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter March, at MarchArchPod, at MarchArchBaker. I uh, love interacting with you guys as these games are going on. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, just to kind of reiterate what Vance said, I uh, hope everybody has a happy ho happy holidays, safe holidays, and uh, you know, let's uh, let's look forward to uh, some actual Valley regular season game coming up soon. And I like this part of the year because I get to pivot uh, from saying go Valley because we're always rooting for each other to go dogs. Start talking about the Valley. Why not? <laughs>